Welcome to the Strong Man what, uh, Strong Man Say podcast. Strong Man Wake podcast. Same, yep. same thing. Uh, a big few weeks in uh, Strong Man uh, recently with the Middle Band series and stuff like that taking place. A lot of novice comps, Back to the Rat, and a few others around this place. Um, yep. So it's been pretty busy. We are behind by a week. We know there was huge expectation for our podcast last week. Well, there's five, five <laughs> yeah. people yeah, waiting. Yeah, five of you waiting ambitiously and patiently for our podcast to get released. But yep. Lee was away in Queensland coaching at Queensland mm. Strongest um, and I was getting my car from Tassie <laughs> after two Less months. exciting. Yeah, not quite as exciting. Mm. Uh, what did you think of the Middle Band series? It was good. Queensland's was good. Yeah. Um, as usual, like big turnouts in some weight classes and then no one yeah. in some of the others. No one in like the 82s women. Mm -hmm. So like heavies were good, masters were good. Okay, that's few really big promising. Yeah, a few big masters came out, which was cool. 105s, big as always at the moment. Yeah, 105s um, is really big at the moment. And 64s, the most, was four. Yeah. Which is more than all the other women. Yeah, which still isn't huge. No, not at all. So Yeah, and then the other comps that we had, Killmeister, uh, WA uh, yep. had a middle band and uh, Compound Conception in South Australia. Yeah. Uh, it looked like Queensland and Compound were probably the biggest. Yeah. Killmeister and Western Australia, which, I mean, Killmeister is surprising being in New South Wales, which is usually quite a strong, strong man state. Especially for heavyweights. Yeah. 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 Considering there wasn't a heap no. in there this time around. Um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty solid weekend. Yeah. Um, some of the performances, irrespective of the podiums or the other competitors in the classes, were really good. Yeah. Like uh, there were some really great performances across the board in some of the weight classes. Um, but probably surprising that there were so many empty podiums like the actual attendance number for these competitions Queensland strongest man having empty podiums four yep. in the 64s uh, was it yeah um, and then only one in 73s and one two in, in opens two in opens there was 180 men uh, mm. man I want 880 kilo. <laughs> one not men. man that's the whole problem right <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> man it was a man yeah um, uh, Killmeister uh, obviously uh, pretty low attendance numbers as well yep Compound conception, uh, probably better attendance numbers, but still not mm. really full podiums, podiums. Um, yeah. And then Western Australia, sort of similar, where there was reasonable competitive numbers, but like not huge, I think, as well. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out the other day if, because there's so much riding on each comp, each qualifier, yeah. are less people competing or are people picking and choosing Seeing somebody else and going, oh, no, I won't do that one. Yeah, or do we just not have the competitor numbers to warrant how many comps we've got at the moment? Yeah, maybe we thought we had more people wanting to compete. Yeah. Or maybe a lot of people just say they want to compete. <laughs> yeah. Which that. is pretty common. <laughs> yeah. Gym heroes. <laughs> yeah. Everyone that's like, just give me a comp. I need a comp. Everyone wants to be a strong man until they have to compete against strong men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just you wait until I get a comp, yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm going to smash you. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, not that comp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a bit heavy. <laughs> oh, no. oh, you're doing it? Nah, I might just choose a different qualifier. Yeah, I don't like that event. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. I mean, not a slight on the competitors at all, but even looking at the podiums and stuff like that in terms of 
one, I felt like the podium numbers were probably a little bit low. Yeah. Um, like having empty podiums at like qualifiers when people should be, or the idea is people are really working to qualify for these big mm. comps to find their place. I found it interesting that there were so many empty podiums, but then also looking at, you know, the fierceness of some of the weight classes and competitors that are in Australia, it seemed that like the podiums were at a reasonable standard, but I felt like that a lot of the podiums probably of some athletes qualified quite easily. Yeah. Yeah. Some people just turned up and competed and still proved that they're strong enough to hit the weights, not zero and go to the comp. But that last band, either no one's wanting to compete next year or that last band like Vix and everything is going to be stacked. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to go, oh shit. Yeah. This is my last shot. Yeah. Like thinking about the ASM. Mm-hmm. So there's like what? There's ACT, Taz, WA, and Vix. Yes, coming up. And then you've got Eddie still wanting a spot. Yep. I don't know if Aiden Canini wants a spot or Thomas Wren wants a spot. Sure, or, they all want a spot. Um, Fadi still doesn't have a spot. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, so I don't know if big guys wants to compete. Although like, those big guys are still vying for those spots. Yep. Yeah, which means that it is going to be fierce towards the back end of the year. Maybe they'll all have a group chat and be like, okay, you do this one, yeah. I'll do this one. <laughs> I feel like that's going on anyway. That's yeah. why like, when we talked about releasing comp uh, lists in the last podcast, mm. you know what I mean? Like making sure people don't dodge people or yep. making sure that, I mean, the idea behind the qualifiers is that we get people competing more regularly what I imagine the idea behind it is, is that we get people competing more regularly against, against each, each other. other yeah. Right. But I think what it's turned into is there's so many options that people can literally dodge competition and find a comp where they can qualify yep. and steal a qualification reasonably easy. You know, like, yep. like I said, some of those podiums or some of the podiums were great contested feats. I think a lot of them were the, I, I think that we see, we think that we've probably got numbers that we don't, mm. where we've got the same people or the same very good competitors and there's a handful of us that are at one level. Yep. And then there's probably a bit of a gap where people are still trying to come up and come up to that sort of same standard. So I don't know whether our expectations are too high or whether we just actually think that we've got probably more numbers at a standard that we probably don't quite yet. Like Australia has... Comparative to the other countries, very good athletes that could yep. represent around the world, which we've seen lately. Yeah. Right. Which we've seen, which is really, really cool, but maybe not the depth of competition that other countries do to run these sort of formats. Yeah. There's a lot of people that still don't have confidence yep. that they can do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talking to some people that are like, oh, I just want to win this comp in Australia. Yeah. And then I'll go overseas. Yeah. I'm like, you might not ever win that comp yeah like one person might be ahead of you you might be second forever and never go overseas because you don't feel like you're number one yeah instead of just going overseas yeah or going and exploring or going and being like i'll have a crack at asm yeah i don't have to win new south wales or i don't have to win this i'll have to go overseas yeah yeah but i mean with the middle band series they have to win some of those comps yeah you have to qualify to to go to asm and stuff like that as well um but I mean, any standout performances from the middleweight middle band series? Um, Dylan in Queensland, first yep. comp back since 
Arnold Pro Show 2019, yep. Dylan Lockhart. Yep. He's a big, big human. boy. Yeah, I really he's like. He's a big human. He's <laughs> yeah, so happy. Doing. Yeah, because he's just a big unit, and I mm. see so much potential. Like he's just got the stature to be a fucking weapon. Yep. Yeah, and he works hard too. Like he's yep. a good, he's a good, strong, solid, strong man. So he won. Yep. Great. That's yeah, he really won Queensland, good. so he'll yeah. go to ASM, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was even when he first came over because he was from America. Yeah. Yeah, he was showing me videos loading stones and he's like, I just load to 1.5 yeah. so that I can work on my extension. Yeah. I'm like, that's the first tall person I've heard yeah. say that. That isn't coached by us. When I yep. see someone lazy with extension, I'm like, well, I have to bend my back to get a stone up. So, so should you just in case when it gets really heavy, you can't get that lazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, just from the start. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I just load things higher because yeah. then I yeah, don't get lazy. Because well, it's comparative, yeah. As well, like, yeah. <laughs> that our, your one point five is our one point three. Yeah. So he ripped through it. Um, there was like Mitch, um, Big G's partner. Yeah. And stuff like yep. he's still newer, I yep. guess, than a lot of other people. But yeah, there was some good heavyweights yep. up there. Um, one hundred fives, like I said, are always stacked. Yeah. Um, yep. Nick Dunn. Yep. Did great. Came second. Came second. Miles. Yeah, out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, ripped through it. Just all attitude, all sand. No <laughs> idea is, what he's doing. Which is exactly what strong man is, right? Which is strong man. Not <laughs> exactly what strong man is. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. We make a job out of helping people not just mm. do the full send and refine them a little bit. But I think it's the cornerstone of being good is having that attitude to start off with and then refining it, right? Like you you're, need that full you're rewarded. attitude. Yeah. You're rewarded if you go in and just go. It is a sport where you are more rewarded for mm. being mong strong. Whereas powerlifting, it does not reward you if you go in and full send it. Nah. So like Miles went in and picked up his log and started doing a rep before anybody even counted him in. <laughs> yeah. So before so. they're like, okay, you ready? Three, two, one, time and start. Like before that happened, he's already like trying to do a rep. Yeah. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We haven't started yet. And he's like, oh, okay. That was powerlifting. Like, yep. you're done. Um, like, you, your attempt's done. Like, yeah. get off the platform. You don't get <laughs> yeah, another shot. No, you don't get to go again. No. <laughs> Bar broke the floor, you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Killmeister, Ryan did really well in the heavyweights. I'm not yep. sure. I didn't really see much of the other weight classes. Um, um, I don't think there was many. There was, I, yeah. There I talked to Ryan, Sean about it as well. Yeah, there, there wasn't was, a heap of um, competitors. No, and Ryan, Thomas Wren pulled out quite early. Moved the yoke a meter, yeah. Apparently, and then yeah, was injured. Yeah, I don't know. I heard he still asked if he could get invited to ASM though. It's <laughs> the most Thomas Rand thing I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I didn't qualify, but can I qualify? <laughs> can I still go? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. WA, I didn't see too much of. One of my clients ran that. Mm. Um, Dan, who's re doing really well actually. Um, yep. We're at Deathwish Dan. Yeah. Um, so he competed in the 105s and took that out. He did quite well. But once again, one of those comps where, and we sort of discussed it, there's another gear for competitors. And that's what I think is missing in the comps as well is when there's no competition, you kind of miss that other gear, right? Like yep. that competitive gear that makes the day fun for lifters and competitors. Yep. Um, it's nice to qualify, but it's nice to be pushed. Yeah. It's nice to feel like you've got competition. You've got to work for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You see that like Queensland's in the 105s, even the 90s. Yeah. Um, because Peanut came down and did 90s. Yeah. Then Mark Lawler did a last minute, I'm going to cut to 90s. And Stewart do it. Hmm? Andrew Stewart did yeah. it. Yeah. He oh, won it. He won sick. It. 
Great. Yeah. yeah, really cool. He won it, so qualified for the Clash Saturday yep. in January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's in the 90s. Yep. He's a nice dude, actually. I like Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was back and forth the whole time. Like, you'd see them do something, and yeah. it's like, who won? Yeah. And it's like, he did by a second. Yeah. By half a second. How like, great. it was so like tight the whole time. 100%, which is so, so much so much better for spectators to watch, but so much better for competitors, too. And yeah. also, I think even if, like, Mark came second, it's great to come second mm. when you're getting a push. Yeah. And you feel like you did pretty well. Yeah, you earned but it. But you were bested. You worked hard yeah, for it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then Compound Conception. Um, Eddie Hall, the big upset. Williams. Yeah. Oh, Eddie Hall. <laughs> yeah, sorry. They've just been <laughs> hanging out with each other so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cam Taylor, no longer the worst thing to happen to Strongman. Yeah. Reese Keane. Yeah, made it in. <laughs> I think, what was it? Eddie, he hurt his elbow on the block press. Yeah. I think. And I then think the, the tiebreaker was that front hold. Yeah. Which I think could have been stricter on. Um, we need a proper tiebreaker event. Yeah, I reckon bring back sumo wrestling. Oh, man. Tug, really? tug of war. So back in the day, and I don't know whether you can get some footage and like drop this in, but back in the day, like 1982 World's Strongest Man, there is footage of Bill Kazmaier and... Sigmundson? No, uh, there was a few of other guys that like... Aren't big big names? Yeah, and like Kazmaier, like Tori's Peck or Tor something. So it was like do or die in the sumo wrestling, and like his eyes are like lit up. And and he's like literally just like down. two human gorillas going at it, like <laughs> full sumo attire. So they're like sitting there and like no a little way. sumo. Yeah, yeah. It's rad. <laughs> it's honestly it's worth watching because it's like one of my all time favorite world strongest man, and like it's a video that I show people. Is like this is what we need to bring back for tiebreakers. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that we're not going to, but there's the 1982 they and there's a few different versions of it throughout World's Strongest Man where they did man-on-man, like, uh, events. Where it was, like, best the person across mm. from you in, like, a tournament sort of round robin. But it is two human gorillas <laughs> charging towards <laughs> each other, like, and it's, you know, you watch the wrestling and they're big guys, but this is, like, jacked, just, they're just enormous. And his <laughs> eyes, he's just so amped. I fucking love it. (laughs) (laughs) If there was one of the rounds, he just scares the other guy out of the ring. (laughs) Like like they go, go, he runs and the other guy's just like backing up. (laughs) If if you could describe any event in Strongman as being erotic to other men, like that would be the one. (laughs) Like like Uh, watching that, it just G's me up so much. Uh, Would they ever bring it back? Uh, I don't reckon they will bring it back somehow. I reckon nah. maybe like insurance might be a big one. Well, like, we played around with the pole push. The pole push is really fun. Which is kind of like basically like a log pole, two handles either end, and you have to push each other out of the ring. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's, ca- that's kind of like the really similar cool. non-contact yeah. way of doing it. Yeah, like yeah, beating yeah. someone out <laughs> of the ring. Yeah. Uh, which is fun, but it definitely is like body weight dependent too. Yeah, and, you know, like it definitely helps having a bit more weight behind it. So the heavier competitor, not always wins, but definitely yeah. has a much fairer chance. Arm wrestling, that arm wrestling for a couple of years until arm someone broke their really arm. Really, just freaks me out, man. Oh, the snapped <laughs> arms. Yeah, the snapped Ooh. arms. The arm wrestling just kind of. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but if you just made it every tiebreaker where the points go back and they're even, yeah, the arm wrestle, yeah, everyone will start going in the gym and. 
doing <laughs> yeah. this and everyone will start arm wrestling. Yeah. And look, in fairness, cool. And the, the pro arm wrestling guys are awesome. And there's that guy with a giant hand and forearm. Have you seen the him? Russian. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like one arm is just just formed into this huge forearm hand thing he's got going on. It's just wild. Like arm wrestling as a sport is wild. But, you know, back when I was in my early strongman, I was like, ah, oh, like arm wrestle, you know, like you're the big guy and everyone wants to arm wrestle. Yep. I could be like, oh, all right, bro. But then like for three days later, I'd be like, oh, my rotator cuts pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not used to that. Like <laughs> I'm benching. Like yeah. I, I don't have this. <laughs> I used to think it was nuts and then I started watching it and went yeah. down a YouTube rabbit hole yeah. of watching a lot of it. Yeah. And then found it really interesting and I'm like, oh, this is actually fun. All right. I'm just going to really want to try it. I'm going to put something to you guys. Russian slaps. All right. Maybe we can the sumo wrestling. <laughs> we can, we can the arm wrestling, mm. but we go to like a Russian slap off. Have you seen them like until someone gets knocked out? Yeah. Have you seen them like set up from each other <laughs> yeah. and just like crazy eyes, like slap each other across the face? Yeah. I'm thinking maybe that's the substitute. <laughs> Mm. I'm thinking maybe that's the solution to our tiebreaker problem. <laughs> you want to win? Yeah. <laughs> you got to earn it. <laughs> what are you prepared to do? <laughs> yeah. No one would be coasting when that's on the line. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping that I get some coaching out of it. Like I need a you need slap to, coaching. You need some, you need some conditioning. Guys, <laughs> 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 just come in. We condition your face today. <laughs> Imagine doing check-ins. Yeah. And just like go find a brick wall yeah. and just Slam start your face hitting against it. <laughs> set, set, sets a ten. Sets a ten. RP nine. <laughs> RP nine. RP nine. Yeah. yeah. Don't go to a ten. No. We don't. We want you to remain conscious. Yeah. Don't don't full send. <laughs> don't no full send on the slap. Fucking <laughs> like broken um, hand injuries. Swords. Yeah, sword, sword fights. We can mm. bring sword fights in. Yeah, that'd be. There fun. needs to be something standard. Yeah, to the death, preferably. Yeah, because <laughs> the front hold, Eddie's straight up and down with a plate like this, and then Reese is like, yeah, leaning. Back, I mean, doing a, this. a pretty good competition for someone coming from a powerlifting background. Like Reese is very fucking strong. Yeah, like it's a good event. Yeah, to come into. I mean, I didn't look at the scores. I meant to before this, but well, it was dead tight on. Yeah. Points back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I imagine that... And Nick and Miles did the same in yeah. Queensland. So yeah. they did tied the whole way back. And their tiebreaker was power stairs. Yeah. Duck walked the implement in. It was the middleweight. And it was up four stairs. Yeah, well, I don't the, like using one of the events from the comp no, as so that's, a tiebreaker. That's the problem because yeah. you already know. You already know who's going to win it. Miles won the event. Yeah. Nick came fourth. Yeah. So they're like, here's your tiebreaker. And, and it's, it's almost like, like oh, well... Fuck, what's the point? Yeah, it's not my thing. Yeah. That, like Mason tried to do that to me at compound. Yeah. I like tore my hand open and he's like, oh, it's a tiebreaker between me and Mason Cartwright. Yeah. He's like, you're not going to like it. We're going to do a farmer's hold. And I'm like, one. Yeah. My hand's fucked. Yeah. Two. You know, I suck at that. Yeah. So I'm like, just give it to him. And he's like, no, nah, just go out and try it. You never know. And I'm like, I do. He's know. got a death grip. Yeah. I have a shit grip. Yeah. I'm and not, I don't I'm necessarily not going think that's like, it's not the promoter's fault. Bolt in terms of like, it's like, oh. He was I, meant to do the pole push. The pole push, right. But he gave it away. But I think that maybe going forward, comp should have a designated pre-advertised tiebreaker. Yeah, so that you train for. Yeah, or not even train for, just so you or can't argue. So you're you're not making it up on the day and it's like, oh, well, like I'm shit at that. So it's not like a, it's not a conversation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be a conversation. It should be like, mm. okay, cool. This is a tiebreaker. Yeah. Um, 
And that way it's like, okay, well, I know that it's going to be a hold. And if I <laughs> tie break, unfortunately, which hopefully is not the case, you win outright. But if obviously if I, if we're pretty evenly matched throughout the day, mm. we know what the tiebreaker is ahead of time. Yeah. I think that would be something worth looking at if it's coming up more and more as opposed to like mm. impromptu negotiable um, tiebreakers. Well, it seems so highly unlikely that anyone will tie. Yeah. But then in one weekend, two people tied. Yeah. Sure, and the 105s is nuts because there was like six people, mm. so far yeah. less likely to tie. Yeah, I think that's it's also probably going to be more common when like compound conception happens when you've got two people yeah. who are going back and forth all day. When the competition, I mean, the whole thing with strongman, like the reason why it's not sad, but just like unfortunately, we are not getting full podiums is because like when you have two people competing, it's not a sport anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're sharing points back and forth all day. It's so hard to have some someone come in and steal a bunch of points and mix up the placings a little bit or, yep. do you know what I mean? Like when you have a comp of 15 people, some people have good events, some people have bad points, but uh, bad events. But the pressure for athletes who are at the top or those couple people who are at the top means that like you literally have to win every event. Yeah. Or come second. But if you come third or fourth or have a bad event, done. Yeah. Like, and I mean that strong man for sure, but it's less strong man. Like when you have competitions, competitions, it's not actually like that. Like when you have full categories of eight to 10 people, there's points shared and it mixes yeah. things up and it creates interest in the sport as well. Where when there's three people in a competition, there's no points to be shared. It's the maximum points you can gain for any event is three. The maximum points you can drop for any event is two, right? Like if you, yeah. if you, as long as you can complete it. Where if you're competing in a bigger comp with ten people, you can win an event and come get ten points, and you can can come eighth in an event and get two points, and now you're down eight points. Yeah, but someone else can sneak in there. But you could also be like eight seconds slower than first place. Yeah, and come eighth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which yeah. makes it a lot more interesting. It's not like you just do the bare minimum yeah. and come eighth. Or there could be three of you and one person wins the yoke by 10 seconds and the next two people are eight and nine seconds behind, mm. but they're still only a point behind. Yeah. Which is like there's a clear disparity between the levels of the person, but there's no reward in terms of people sneaking in there to bolster points or get in between yeah. um, and create a little bit more of uh like create a little bit more competition throughout the mm. day um should we change the point structure if you win an event do you get more points no you can't revolutionize strong man how dare you <laughs> don't change it <laughs> don't, don't change what's broken yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think we just need more competitors uh, i just think we need i i think the probably the goal would be to go okay cool the format over the last 12 months has seen uh, competitors spread thin between X amount of events and maybe less competition in those events to qualify. Do we condense the qualifications or do we, do we condense the competitions and run, you know, like novice intermediate level comps yeah. and condense the qualifiers so all the competitors or all the competition is sort of more siphoned into a couple key comps yep. where you actually get competition we actually get people having to fight to qualify and create with a bit more fierceness within those ranks. Yeah, so half the comps, but then podium goes to yeah. Clash on the yeah, Saturday yeah, or something sure. like that. Yeah, some, something along those lines anyway. Yeah. Um, and then just keep trying to build up 
have that like novice to intermediate level competition. So like have a pathway where the novices move to like intermediate intermediates, like, cause we need to build the intermediates up to a point where they can start to look at those qualifiers and be really competitive in there too. So yep. th- because obviously with the numbers that we're at at the moment, we clearly need to start to produce more athletes at that level and try mm. to build them up. So we have more lifters in those competitive classes too. Yeah. As opposed to the ones that have been there for the last five years. I mean, we talk about it all the time. We're just trying to stay ahead because we got in early. Yeah. But there's a bunch of mm-hmm. us like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's like five or six people in each weight class that have just kind of been here or managed to hold on the longest. And we're just a little bit further ahead. Yeah. So it's just kind of giving those ta- people time, confidence and competition opportunities to build confidence and to do comps that are achievable for them. They can build them back up to or build them into that top yeah. level as well. Yeah, I think Queensland will kick back up a lot. Queensland was a state, bro. But I think it's starting to get more organised between yeah. gyms. Yeah. There's a good culture up there again. Like, yeah. they come in on a Saturday and there's a big group yeah. and stuff like that. Which is so cool. I think that will grow again. Yeah. Like, New South is pretty good. New South Wales has, like, quite a... New South Wales' strongest man has quite good mm. attendance. Comparative to... I remember when I started, like, Queensland was a state. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Queensland was the state. And now we look at it... And you've got Queensland's strongest man versus like even New South Wales' strongest man. Like mm. half the competitors in there at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then Victoria's strongest man has a reasonable amount now. Like Victoria is definitely a competitive state now, mm. especially heavyweights. It was better at one stage. In Vic? Yeah. Very like early. 20 very early. 18, something like that. Probably earlier. Yeah. Because I think they had comp sign-ups. But like Vicks and stuff, yeah. there was more females yeah. than males. And it depends on the class. Stage. But yeah, the female classes were it was more competitive huge. once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're talking earlier about the international comps and people waiting to do ASM to compete or win ASM to go overseas. Yeah. And we've sort of seen quite a few athletes break the mould in the last few weeks. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah, we've had Rongo... Go over and do an SCL. Jordan yep. went over and did two SCL comps. Yep. Um, Fadi, Joe, Kimi Tonga. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's more from yeah. Northside that went and competed at um, yep. Middle East Strongest yep. Man. So we had Bosnian SCL. Mm. We had the Middle East Strongest Man, yep. woman, and then the Ismata, is it? Yeah, that I don't know whether I said that right, but somewhere in England, Jordan doing was the, his first one. Yeah, Jordan yep. doing the two Finland, and everyone representing really well. Like Jordan came second, came in Finland, second in one. Uh, Rongo came second. Yeah, um, so some really good placings and stuff like that. I think Joe won one. Yeah, better in the Great. open women's. Yeah, so um, I mean, also talks to what we were saying about the quality yep. of Australian athletes is yep. quite high as well. Mm. So like we're going overseas and representing really well. Yeah, which is really cool to see. Nah, the um, I think a lot of people new in the sport don't realize how big it is in Europe mm. and how many opportunities there are. Like, you can just message and be like, "Hey, can I come and do this comp?" And yeah. they'll be like, "Okay, well, what can you lift?" If they see you, with, if yeah, they see how that you're strong at the standard, are you? yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, and if you're strong enough, they're like, "Oh yeah, awesome, come over." Like, I think that's probably one of the biggest faults of a lot of strong men or even athletes in general that they'll sit back and wait for an invite or a sponsor. Yeah. Or anything. And it's just, 
They don't know who you are, bro. They're on the other side of the fucking world. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh, once I win ASM, I'll get invited, blah, blah, blah. It's like, even if you win ASM, do you think that over in Finland they give a flying fuck <laughs> who Australia's strongest man is or actually know who you are? Like, to think that you've got the clout or you think you've got the notoriety yeah. overseas is just wildly untrue like you don't just get on the map suddenly the re the how you get on the map of international promoters yeah is by going over and doing international competitions and doing quite well so yeah. i mean i remember like we had qualifying pathway when we did scl for mm. sure but like you start to message you start to organize it you start to pay for it all that kind of stuff yeah no and one I was, no one knows who it is yeah. like even if you were looking at europe like who's italy's strongest man yes we don't know Who's Ireland's strongest man? You'd take a guess that it's par, but you don't know. No. Because you don't you haven't seen the comp posted. Yeah. You don't know the results. It's on the other side of the world. Like we're so insular. Yeah. But then we expect people to know who we are because our egos say that like, oh, but yeah. I'm the best in Australia. People should know who I am or I should have a following or whatever it might be. But yeah. like promoters don't. Like promoters no. to get into international competition to make that breakthrough, like often you have to actually just put your hand out and ask like message yoni like message the organizer mm. of sel um create a relationship with like linden linden um osg yeah um full blanked on his name yeah um sorry osg yeah <laughs> just off the top of my head it's been a while lynn um, lynn yeah yeah, yeah yeah a little more house um it's about like creating relationships with those promoters and actually like trying to find opportunities to go overseas, not wait for them to come to you because they won't come unless you're working for it or unless you're putting your hand out or making yourself known yeah. or making contact with those promoters. But I think it's really cool to see that athletes are making the move yeah. to go overseas and test where they're at against a bigger pond because, I mean, having competed overseas quite a lot, mm. I think... And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely big fish, small pond here. Yeah. Because we actually don't realize the standard of what overseas. Like, I mean, when I went over to OSG, the heavyweights weren't very competitive in Australia at that time. Yeah. And I remember going over there and watching the heavyweight comp and being like, these guys, this isn't America's strongest man. This is OSG for them. This is a qualifying pathway. And holy shit, these guys would run circles around all our heavyweights. Yeah. Just... They're Built like six five one oh fives that run and move. What are they eating over there, <laughs> man? Like, like yeah. our heavyweights look very different too. You know, like our heavyweights look like traditional heavyweights. Like when I was in America, I was like, these heavyweights are fucking huge. <laughs> like these one oh fives look like heavyweights, uh, and our heavyweights look like they're just like jacked. Like they got yeah. delts. There's um, I can't remember his name. He did OSG. His last name's like Cotton or something. Yeah, like super. Yeah, American American yeah. guy. And at first he looks like a 105. Yeah. And then you see him standing next to people and you're like, oh, no, he's a heavyweight. Yeah, he's <laughs> just jacked. He, but lean. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just yeah. like trap, yeah. shoulder. Totally like, different. No yeah. gut. Yeah. Just huge. Yeah. Just big humans. Yeah. The way he moves, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a 105. Mm. It's like, no, nah, he's 140 or something. Yeah. And I think people uh, probably undervalue or under-acknowledge. Everyone wants to do OSG. Yeah. Because it's probably at the forefront of our brains. It's advertised a lot through official strongman. Um, our we're, cultures we're are similar. We're Australia. We follow America. Yeah, 100%, right? And 
because it's easy to get an invite because you can do an online qualifier and yep. get a nice little email that makes you feel real special, right? Yep. But Europe is kind of where it's at. Mm. There's a lot more going on. Not as much for the women. Yeah. Agreed. There's still pockets of it, but you'd yeah. really have to find it. Like, I think OSG is still the, still the comp for females. Yeah. Like Red went to Norway. Yeah. And there's a few things like that. And a lot of the Americans come across. Yeah. England's probably better for the women. There's yeah. some very strong, strong. females. Agreed. Um, but yeah, for the guys, for the 90s, for the 105s, and especially for heavies. SCL's got 30 comps in a circuit yeah in each year yeah the european circuit's amazing even yeah. like ultimate strongman mm. so you got scl in europe oh, ultimate is, do a lot of women's stuff as yeah, well. yeah ultimate do a lot of women's stuff and then ultimate strongman have like their kind of series over europe where i mean this year's was in paris mm. they usually have the ukraine like czech republic that's only like a handful they run a whole heap of yeah dedicated shows too, like weight class shows yeah and i think that's sort of what we were speaking about sort of before the podcast is you look at USS nationals mm. and what's well, like 400 or something nationals in America had like 700 people in one day at like 13 lanes and they just went nonstop and just chewed through it. Wow. So you're just a number. <laughs> Big fish, small pond, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it's different. Over you're, there. you're just a number. They yeah. have like quantity. Which is, I mean, why we're sort of talking or why it's so impressive that Australians can go over and do so well. Like our quality mm. compared to the competition quality is really mm. high. Um, but then what, OSG 300? I think so. Something like About that, that, like 20 to 30 a class. And it's in a big undercover like stadium and stuff and it looks really cool, but the only people in the stands are your family and friends, which yeah. is no different than mm -hmm. here. Yeah, I think that's There's no big audience. There's no, like the SCL that... Jordan did in yep. England because Lawrence Charlet did like a YouTube on it. Mm. The same as the one we did in Finland. Yep. There's cheerleaders in the background. Yep. There's like old 90s techno <laughs> playing in the background. Like, it's, the it, it's a party. <laughs> we, we're competing. Like, it is a full party. The, the town oh, gets around yeah, it. Like, 100%. The old Euro, it was literally like Eurovision playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like techers while you're competing and it's like Euro classics and it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> You get free drink bottles. You get yeah. like all this like random things. The yeah. gym that we went to, they had a bowling alley and like yeah. PlayStation. So like, help yourselves. You guys are athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. So cool. we're bowling all night, having drinks. Yeah, and like, oh, that was not good. That's when um Danny Mel and the Scottish guys got carried out because I got too out. drunk. And Lee, <laughs> <laughs> we've we've always. So Lee and I have traveled a little bit together to compete and stuff overseas, and I've competed overseas, and like I always backed myself to. I mean, hopefully win the competition or do quite well, but like definitely win the after party. <laughs> <laughs> like if there's one yeah. thing Australians can do and one thing that we do quite well is like last man standing. When we were in SCL, actually when I got to India in SCL and I, uh, I was in the elevator and the promoter came in, Yoni was like, I'm surprised you're alive. Good to see you. <laughs> because yeah. the last time I saw him, it was Lee and I left out of everybody else in this like basement finish bar doing <laughs> shots with the promoters. Everyone else had gone home. Um, they're like gambling down there. Yeah. And I remember coming up and it was just like plastic, like, like just absolutely <laughs> trashed. And I remember coming up outside and I still have that video of this guy speaking Finnish in my yep. video, like while we're standing outside. I was like, where's the hotel, man? And he's like, 
right over there. And I'm like, oh, so we ended up like <laughs> passing out. I just like fell asleep with like coins down my side, like stuck to me. Like we woke up in the morning and we're like, we've got to fly out today. And both of us on the flight home, like we're so hungover. And we're on this tiny little airplane where you feel every turn oh. and there's 20 other strongman guys all feeling real shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we all had a crack. And I remember just sitting there going through hot, hot, uh, hot and cold flushes just with my hands on the seat in front of me <laughs> just like for an hour and a half. It was the worst flight. Oh. Tiniest little plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Danny, uh. Danny getting carried out. Yeah. So good. The, um, the Irish guys talked real big game and they were getting us all shots of fisk or something like that. It's like mm. that peppermint stuff. And they were going real hard and then suddenly just absolutely flaked it, like yeah. getting carried <laughs> out. Um, but that was like a real weird night of everyone's bowling and drinking. But then you look around and you're just like Scottish guys, Canadian guys, yeah. Swedish mm -hmm. guys, a couple of Americans. And I'm like, this is such a cool sport. It is a cool sport, <laughs> yeah. And that's the best thing about traveling overseas And that's well. why that's why Europe's good. Yeah. Whereas America, like it's the World Series, but it's America. Yeah. Some downsides to Europe, like everyone's different countries, different cultures, different accents, yeah. different languages, mm. and everyone just gets along. Because American, cool because you'll do the same thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, you'll you'll have a like or like common ground in the yeah. strongman. I think America, it's a similar culture. Also, America is very expensive to travel to, so you get less international competitors. Like mm. OSG is, I know it's a, I know it's the title of world's strongest man. Yeah. But like one thing that, so I did all three, I did all three championships in 12 month period. I did the worlds for ultimate strongman. I did worlds for SCL and I did worlds for OSG. OSG was primarily American. Mm. You get there, you're one of 300, you get your t-shirt, and it's go time. You have to look after everything yourself. Like it's it's very much just like a competition. And you're going over there just to compete and you're a number, right? It's a great competition. It's run really well. There is zero crowd. There is zero atmosphere. Yep. There's cameras and it looks fantastic. Production is fantastic. live stream, everything. Great live yeah. stream. It's run very, very well, but there is very little crowd. There is very little atmosphere. There is very little athlete care in comparison, right? Like it's a great comp and it's fine if you're comparing it to just like a competition or an Arnold's or something like that, where it's your name's called, there's four lanes, let's go. Where SCL and even more so Ultimate Strongman. So Ultimate Strongman was the next one I did. I did a couple over in Europe. Huge crowds. Massive. Mm. Like Ultimate Strongman was my favorite. Europe was definitely my yeah. favorite. I competed on the Ukraine on a beach with hundreds of people. <laughs> hundreds of people. <laughs> crowding around where you would finish events and you couldn't get through the crowd because people wanted to like touch you, take photos with you. At the end of the competition, I was holding babies with my trophy. <laughs> what? So people could take yeah. pictures, right? Like I'm standing there like putting kids on my shoulders. Like you are a celebrity over there, right? In Australia, no one knows what the fuck Strongman is. Well, look at like Yuri over there. He's got his own beer. Yeah, <laughs> yes. In really? the Ukraine, like a Strongman. One of my mates, he's got yeah. his own beer. Like he's got a beer labeled after him, right? Right, like uh, at the Little Val uh, Brewery, which they hold a compact. So, I think just in terms of like where the sport is at, or like what the buy into the sport. I don't know whether they have just less going on in those Euro Bloc countries. But mm. when we competed in Czech Republic, we uh, competed at this like uh, brewery, and there was a huge crowd. 
massive crowd, cameras, the whole deal. Like uh, you walk out with the flag, you do a big circle, you get picked up from the airport, they pay for your accommodation for the weekend, they take you out for meals. When I was in the Ukraine, every dinner we would have it with all the crew. So you would go in and all the competitors would have dinner together. You would sort of stay in the same hotel. It feels like you're an athlete. Mm. And I think people really under under underestimate or just don't know the value of actually going out and doing those comps because one you're no longer a big fish in a small pond suddenly you're actually able to test yourself against a broader uh competitor list and actually see where the standard is because it blew my mind like it was the first time where um i really felt that and i'd been overseas before and i felt like i could have done better and i didn't but i was still capable of being the best but this time I went over there and I was like, whoa. I went over there and I competed really well and I realized it was another gear for me to unlock with Strongman. So yeah. I think that's what a big thing that people miss by not going overseas. Um, but then the SEL was great. Again, like both times we did SEL, mm. looked after, hotels paid for, you get picked up, you eat with like a lot of the athletes or you have a little bit more to do with the athletes and stuff like that. Yep. The competitions are run fantastically um, the atmosphere is better. So we well, get even Finland, mm. like the nineties, one Oh five worlds. Yeah. So I came third. Yeah. And then coming back the next year, they're like, if you come back, food's taken care of. Yeah. Accommodations taken yep. care of. We're going to do that for the podiums. Yeah. Try to get people. Back. And they prove, and they prove like you prove yourself to the, c- the promoters and they, yep. they love having you. Yeah. Like they love having me at SCL. Like yep. then it like likes having me over at OSG. Mm. Cause I, was kind of like an upset the first time I yeah. did it, I guess, getting a podium and being no one because no one knows who you are in Australia. So <laughs> you go over there and like the only reason anyone knew who I was was because like three weeks before they didn't know who I was, but they were like, are you the guy who pulled 380 raw? Yeah. Because I pulled it in the Victoria's Strongest Man just beforehand. Mm. But like apart from that, like no one knows who you are overseas. So unless you're putting a hand up for it and creating a name for yourselves and going out of your way to create a name for yourselves overseas. Yeah. You can't wait for opportunities to qualify. You've just no. got to go do it. And this is why it's so impressive to see these guys do it because yeah, that's a uh, a big up for the sport and globally seeing Australia recognised as a force on the strongman. Yeah, which eventually needs to happen. Yeah. If we want people to come here, they need to see it's too expensive. what... But we need to have athletes that people go, oh, I want to compete against them or I want to beat them. Um, whereas I think Clash... And yep. what Anthony Furnham's doing is trying to bring that Euro car park comp that has a crowd, that yep. has a vibe into America. Yeah. Because America's just so like big and numbers game. Yeah. For sure. Is trying to combine the two. Yeah. I will just mention as well, like the difference. We're talking about America being, and I forgot to say this before, but America being like OSG being American. Mm. Right. The Eastern Euro guys and talking about Australia being too expensive. The Eastern Euro guys don't give a shit about OSG. No, there's a handful that get across yeah, and do it. A hundred percent. Few and far. Most of them, like the best guys, the guys who are podium at Australia's uh, Ultimate Strongman, mm. and the guys who podium, a lot of the guys who podium at like Finland SCL or like the European SCL. Yep. They don't do OSG because America is super expensive. Mm. It's super far, and their dollar is terrible. Mm. So for them to go over to the States and compete, it's totally different. So my biggest take home for after going overseas and competing in all three was that if you want to call yourself world's strongest man, you kind of have to win both. Do a bit of both. Yeah. 
I, I just don't think that like you can't you can win OSG and you're winning us. Uh, honestly, no, like OSG is America's strongest man with a few internationals. Yeah, because the spectrum of different countries that can compete there, especially as of late, very few. Mm. Where ultimate strongman so many of the European countries come in, like the mix of European countries because it's so cheap to fly from European countries, that we had 30 competitors. And I had 30 competitors at OSG and I reckon 20 were American. Mm. Or 15 to 18 were American. And then there was like seven to 10 that were at internationals. Where when I did Ultimate Strongman, we had 30 competitors and I would say there would be no more than two from the same country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. way, way broader spectrum of athletes from like nationality perspective. Yeah. Um, so I think, I thought that was really interesting. I think that people look at OSG as the top, but realistically like they probably should be, especially in the 105 class, they yeah. should be probably broadening their horizons to understanding that there's actually better comps to do. Yeah. Um, and better comps in terms of a competitor standpoint, competition standpoint, a feeling valued as an athlete standpoint, but also an exposure to better competition. Yeah. And where we are in the world, like it's a 20 hour flight. Either way you go. <laughs> like. Yeah. We're ones, <laughs> it's expensive anyway. You <laughs> Europe at the moment is cheaper. Yeah. Cause I looked at yeah, OSG okay, and then I looked cool. at France yeah. for the world ultimate. You should do France. Yeah. I want to next year. Yeah. I think I'll pick that over OSG because then I can do multiple comms, mm. go through Europe. Yeah. And compete against more people, yeah. Versus just America, and yeah. Americans. I think. I think if I did, I think if I did the states, it would be clash. Yeah, I think I would go and do clash over OSG. Why? Because it'd be more fun. I think eventually that will build up better and better. I don't know if OSG can build up much bigger or better than it is. Like with the format that it's got and the numbers that it's got and mm -hmm. where it's at in Florida, if it's not moving around and it just stays in Daytona in Florida, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be able to it'll change much. I think it'll just be what it is. Whereas I think Clash has the potential yeah. to move around, to travel. They want to bring a comp here. Agreed. It's going to link up a lot better. It's going to grow a lot better. So I think long-term may not have the title of being like world's strongest under 90, 105, mm. but the potential's bigger. At the moment, unless OSG changes its format. I mean, Clash is still all American, basically. Yep. For the most part, Canadian. Yep. Uh, doesn't have the title. No. So would you spend the money to go over to the States for something that doesn't potentially give you the title? It gives you nothing. Well, I mean, you can just put a title on anything, right? You can, mm. but there's a competition that has the title. Yeah. I'm, I just think I'm just challenging in terms of yeah. choices to do from a competitive standpoint. I mean, I like the idea of Clash. I think mm. it would suit me. Like, it's very varied, yep. um, which I really, really like. The only thing for me is dropping that kind of money. Yeah. Losing, in losing income for like two weeks or whatever. Yep. Dropping the money to go and justifying it to just do a comp. Yeah. Versus to go hunt down the title of World's Strongest Man Under 105. Yeah. Yeah, the title's the thing that's going to keep it. Yeah. I'd love to see the title go for 105s anyway and yeah. 90s maybe, for example. Like, the title moved to Clash. Yeah. But obviously. That's what I'm wondering if long-term, if that becomes the case, mm. where everyone's like, yes, that has the title, but this is probably where the competition's at. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that'll be interesting. 
mm. get more stacked. Yeah, I like Clash. Mm. I think it's great. That's the only, like, that's my only like hurdle. Yeah, to, like signing up to one is the output for not much. Yeah, like and it like so there's prize money, which is great because there's not a lot of prize money in Strongman, but there's prize money, but it wouldn't cover expenses, no loss of income, that kind yeah. of stuff. Like you got to weigh it up. Mm. Really, like the in terms of the value of competing, and like I'd love to compete, but like I don't have that kind of money to drop on something that doesn't mean a whole lot yeah. at this point in time, from a business standpoint, but from like a personal standpoint as well. Like yeah. I'd love to do it. Like if I run the lottery, I'd go over every year. There just needs to be something close to America, yeah, where there's something else that can all tie into it, mm, but correct. there's not. Yeah, and I mean, in fairness. Part of that is like having been to America a lot of times to compete as well. Yeah. Like competing over in Paris, for example, is more appealing because mm. you get to go to Paris. Yep. That's pretty cool. And then you're an hour flight from And then you're an hour everything. Fl- but you're an hour flight from doing in that month or it takes three weeks, you're an hour away from doing like a whole bunch of comps, mm. which mean, makes it worthwhile because you can get a heap of competitive, competitive experience, but also like compete against a whole bunch of people yep. versus going over for one comp. Mm. primarily Americans at this point in time. So I'm deaf curious. I'd love to see where it goes, but some time yet to see mm. whether it's worth committing the funds and time to. Yeah. Not sure. All too hard. <laughs> For America, it's all too I hard. I just want to be strong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about <laughs> it. I just want to do competition. Um, a lot of comps, a lot of injuries uh or seeing yeah. some injuries and stuff like that coming up from more regular competing a lot of comps doing similar events meaning that people are training similar structures or exposing similar structures to stress yeah um, quite a lot which means like recurring injuries and stuff like that at the moment popping up amongst general athletes which also affects the competitor numbers too do you know what i mean like yep. tom Rand pulling out twice or having two pullouts in uh, recent yep. competition um you know we saw at asm was a great example of like I would say 60% of those competitors managing an injury, yeah, something at least wrong. 60% managing an injury on the day. Do you know what I mean? Even Jordan yep. was having huge problems with his forearms and elbows and stuff like that yeah. on the day. Uh, Corey, hamstring recurring issue, which I think we're on top of now. But um, it's interesting to see so many recurring injuries. But, like, I mean, it is a sport a strong man. It's an extreme sport. Yep. I think once you have a kink in the chain, you can weld it back together. There's probably a breaking point or a more susceptible breaking point there too. Yep. Um, thoughts on injuries, injury prevention, and competition? Um, if you already have injuries, then that's the first thing. Yeah. If you have bad knees. Yeah. And you just notoriously have bad knees. <laughs> then you gotta fix your knees (laughs) but like comp to comp so i wrote up a lot of like fix strongest Mm -hmm. programs and got things put together and like when i look at a comp now i start to pull apart and go okay look at the five events and like so vix everything in strongman is very like back yes probably back and biceps Mm -hmm. a lot of it but then there's occasionally something different yeah of course so vix i'm just like okay hands Forearms, yep. biceps, because you've got carry medley with like stone, mm-hmm. um, sandbag, all of that stuff. Yep. You've got a squat, which usually, if people are going low bar, ripping through their elbows really yep. bad. Then you've got log, which for most people, if their clean starts to fail, log is pretty shit on yep. their biceps and forearms and grip. Yep. And then you've got a heavy, heavy arm over arm pull. Yeah. So everybody, I'm like, all right, make sure your hands are fine. Keep a watch on your forearms, because once your forearms creep up, like you with middleweights, once your forearms creep up, 
and they get to a point, you can't fix it. It's just you, you manage it, it and hope and that something doesn't it. pop. Yeah. Yeah. So trying to look at comps like that. Yeah. Um, middleweights was the same. Yeah. It was like sandbag pickups, holds, mm. axle cleans. Yeah. And it depends on you, like where you're coming from too. Like I think uh, I had a very hard time with middleweight series, giving myself eight weeks after doing no strongman mm. and not really exposing myself to any high threshold tendon tissue tolerance mm. stuff we get it we do get it you don't need to train for things yeah no i do that's a problem <laughs> i broke every step of the way eight weeks was yeah. not enough time like that mm. was probably the poorest performance because i just i broke all the way yeah because i just wasn't ready to push how i pushed yeah and i think that's like a big part of it is understanding like where you're coming from and what you need to do to try and bolster like try to give yourself a buffer coming to these comps to make mm. sure that you're not going to injure yourself or not have to deal with those niggles or like tissue tolerant issues such yeah. as knees and forearms and stuff like that into the competition. Yeah. Well, that's where everyone thinks an off season is like their chance to catch up mm. in strength. Yeah. And they're like, this is my chance to get statically stronger and then come back to a comp prep. Yeah. So that's people think their off season is like, okay, I've got to catch up Yeah. and I've got to thrash myself. And it's like, you have to fix it. Yeah. Like you have to do both. You have to be as healthy as you can yes. before comp prep starts because yeah. it just gets worse. Yeah. So, like, 100%. if you thrash yourself in an off-season and then come into a comp prep broken but going, I feel pretty strong. I mean, especially if the comp prep is you reaching. Yeah, if it's very static, yeah. it's maxes, if, if you're it's reaching, yeah. 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 So. Totally agree. Yeah. There's plenty of things now that I do that are just, like, non-negotiable this is my warm up now, yep. and this is my warm up for life. Yeah, because you have a, a similar issue or similar breaking points or tolerance issues. Your back, for yep. example. Yeah, well, I've bulged two discs in my back. Mm -hmm. One's like L three, which is small and didn't really know what happened. Yeah, would have but just been a bad day of like, oh shit. Yeah, and then when I got the scan later on, it was like L five S one. Yeah, that was like worse. That had like nerve pain. The works. Ouch. Yeah, and that just that's just there. Like it can regress, mm -hmm. the bulge can regress, but it can also inflammation can push on a nerve. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's heaps of like back extension, rotation stuff. Mm. Make sure my thoracic's good enough so that my lumbar doesn't cop it. That I did for like nine months to rehab it. Yeah, and then slowly I just forgot to do those warm ups. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, my back's good now. And then all of a sudden something tweaked mm. and something went, and I'm like, oh, why? I'm fixed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, when was the last time I did those warm-up things? Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. And to clarify, this is now a staple every day for him. It's not before deadlifting or before squatting or something that's going to maybe uh, cause back issue. It's mm. five to ten minutes every day for you. Yeah, because every session I need extension. Yep. Deadlift, squat, log, mm -hmm. bench. Yeah, it's predominant in all stone. days. Stone. Everything yeah. I need to get into extension. If you can't fully extend or like lean back in strongman, mm. if you couldn't stand there and like look over behind you mm. and lean back without pain, like you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not going to be able to do anything. You're not yeah. going to be able to get into a log rack position. Yeah. You're not going to be able to get into a good deadlifting start position. Like it's just going to get worse. Yeah. So, that, so that's just every day now. I'm like, yeah. all right, I need to do this until I can get to here. And yeah. I'm like, Okay, I can probably pick up a log now yeah. and not fold. Yeah. And actually do my reps. And each athlete's gonna be a little bit different. Yours is back. My shoulders are never great. Yeah. Um, so if we're doing log press or like an overhead day, I'll just have to spend a little bit longer than what he does to like warm up my shoulders and go through like my routine 
depend independent of what he does because he can do some face balls, tricep push downs and stuff, and just like warm up a little bit, and he's kind of good to go. Mm. Where I need to do a little bit more work to make sure like my shoulders are happy and feeling warm and ready to rumble. So everyone's a little bit different. Um, I mean, and my deadlift day, I can go and pick the bar up and I'm fine. You could probably go up and start at 200. Yes. Pick up the bar and then keep going. Yeah. If 100%. I walk into the gym and pick up a 200 kilo deadlift, I will fold yeah. like a lawn chair. So everyone's going to be a little bit independent. And I think what Lee was saying uh, around looking at the competition is probably a really big thing to look at in your preparatory work in terms of accessory work if it is a bicep heavy competition well then making sure there's plenty of bicep accessory stuff in to make sure they're happy and healthy um if it's a posterior chain dominant day making sure you're doing some more mobility cut recovery or prehabilitation stuff to warm up your back or make sure you're on top of it from week to week mm. it's going to be comp specific in terms of your accessory work or prehabilitation work just to kind of be on top of what the event de what events demand especially yeah. because most events will see them be very very dominant in certain things yeah right and obviously the key ones are going to be bicep back posterior chain and strongman anyway um and then just knowing yourself as an athlete um what are your non-negotiables throughout the week? Is mm. it like, what's what are your weak points and what do we need to do daily to make sure we're working on that? Whether that's like a mobility thing, a stability thing, um, or whether it's just like a certain body part needs to be on top of yeah. those sort of things. I think people try to just get too smart or try to pick up all the little one percenters yeah. and then forget something like that. Like they try and like, I need to do this to do this. I need to eat this. I need to take this. Mm. I need to inject this. I need to do this. And mm. it's like at the end of the day, if your back's cooked. Can't do much about that. Yeah, it still. doesn't matter what your test level is. It doesn't matter how many carbs you ate yeah. before training. It doesn't matter about the intricate be able accessory to, yeah. of this and this. And that's probably the other thing is like watching, and this is what we're talking about, knowing you independently and knowing the competition is we see people watch a cool guy on Instagram show them a warm-up routine and suddenly yeah. like their warm-up routines or accessories become this and this and this and they do. Yeah, I've heard people that have got 20 different warm-ups to get to their main work. Yes. Mm. And it's like, no, 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 no. What is for you? Yeah. What is independent to you? How does your body feel? And I mean, this is thing, something that comes when you're more advanced. But if I come into squat and my hips feel pretty good, but my knees feel trash... I'll spend time on my knees and not my hips. Yeah. My I don't have a static warm up that is fixed every time. You won't just do the McGill big three and everything's solved. I don't just do the McGill or the lock the <laughs> yeah. lock three. Or like and like I really like the MST um uh like big five or whatever it is. Yeah. But I won't just do that every day because mm. that's ten minutes of my session that I could spend doing something that like my trunk feels fine, my back feels yeah, fine. That's also his big five. Yeah, a hundred percent. I could pick a. What's your big five? Yeah, big, big 100%. four. Yeah, big four. Or like what's Pat, Patton the big four? Yeah, <laughs> McGill's got three. <laughs> yeah, Lee's got four. He's right in the middle. <laughs> four. Um, I can get you one. <laughs> I can get you slightly better than McGill, but slightly quicker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like that is one piece of the puzzle. And that's a great thing if like trunk's feeling bad, but like what is if the trunk feels fine? Yeah. Like I come in and I feel pretty solid, but like my shoulders and elbows feel a little bit shit. So yep. like I need to spend time on that. Why would I waste 10 minutes on doing this static 
warm up that's sort of fixed when it's not what I actually body and like that's my lower body. Yeah. My lower body might change from week to week depending on what actually when I move in the gym or when I mm. start warming up. If I do a set of kettlebell squats, I go, oh, my hips a little bit sore. I might do some like little like hip raises or I might yeah. jump on a roll or whatever it might be. Mm. You actually have to kind of be in tune with your body and understand what it needs from day to day. If my thoracic is a little bit tight because I've been sitting down all day while in the office, sort of in a flex position, then I probably need to do some more thoracic extension stuff or rotation stuff. So that becomes mm. a priority. So you have to prioritize what your warm-ups are based on how you are feeling on a given day. Yeah, there's no bad exercise. No. Or there's no bad warm-up routine, but you've got to pick it based on you. Mm -hmm. If you come in and just do clamshells and glute yeah. med stuff, but you have really stable and mobile hips. Yeah. You're just wasting your time. Yeah. Like you may as well just punch yourself in the leg and be like, yep, I feel Jordan, that. I, I feel talking that. about Sweet. the guy playing um, water polo, splashing his face with water <laughs> yeah. to like cool down. It's like, bro, you don't, <laughs> you've you done it. You're good. Yeah. You're like, let's, let's work on what doesn't, uh, what actually needs work. Yeah. So you can start really broad and go, okay, I need some shoulder stability yeah. stuff, some thoracic mobility stuff and this, and then eventually realize like, for me, my shoulders aren't unstable. And having a, I can grab an upside down kettlebell and just do this all yeah. day. So I yep. don't do that. Yes, my thoracic physically doesn't move. Maybe so well. I spend ten minutes yep. like bending myself Correct. over a bar. Yeah, totally. I absolutely agree. Yeah, I think it's okay to have a broad spectrum or have a when you're starting out having a routine that you kind of go through. But the routine needs to eventually, as you get better understanding of your body and how it feels, need to be relatively fluid or have a arsenal in your little. All those things, bro. Quiver, <laughs> hat. Um, yeah, hat. <laughs> yeah, hat. Quiver in the in the, in the Hogwarts hoarding set. Yeah, that if things aren't feeling good, like you have an arsenal of different things that attack certain components of the thing that you're about to do that preps mm. you specifically for that yeah. based on how you're feeling. Yeah, and then take it a step further. If you can walk in and deadlift, mm. and everything feels great, and it always feels great, and you don't have to spend time doing that. If you start position shit. Mm. maybe spend some more time on a 60 100 yeah. 140 on a bar yeah spend more time figuring out balance and positioning mm. of the yeah. actual Before movement going up. don't lay on a foam roller thinking that that's what you need yeah yeah it's just prioritizing time agreed time is of the essence right mm. um thanks for listening to the strongman say thanks for tuning in that's it. yeah i think it's done yeah or done see you later bye